Monday, February 9th, 2009, and this is The Relevant Podcast. The Relevant Podcast is your weekly companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's pretty good. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in the studio in sunny Orlando, Florida, is Maya Strang. Hey. From, is it hot there in Wellington, New Zealand, Adam? Uh, it's not hot today. It was hot yesterday. Okay, well, that's Adam Smith on the Skype from New Zealand. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, guys. And there's Kermit the Frog from... (laughs) (laughs) And also from the... uh, Via the interweb from the Treasure Coast. I don't know. What do they call it up there in Virginia? Uh, I don't know. The The, the Lover Coast. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the state of lovers. Live from the Lover Coast. (laughs) You can just call it Loveland. (laughs) From Loveland. Jesse Carey. Home of Lover Boy. (laughs) Home of Lover Boy and Lover Man. Here is. They don't go together, they go with the other ones. (laughs) Jesse Jesse Carey. Hello. All right. All right. That was was a hard one to get through. Today's podcast is going to be weird because uh, it it is a fusion podcast. That is the official term that is accepted in the Merriam Webster Dictionary. Because Frankenstein <laughs> podcast was deemed sensitive yes. and brought with it the uh, the risk of torch wielding villagers coming to demand the podcast's death. Yes. Thank you for the clarification for why we called it the Fusion Podcast. It's also because last week we recorded an entire podcast, but we did not put it up because we did other things with our time. <laughs> Too hot for TV. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfectly fine for the it. internet, but we just didn't have time. Yeah, that one we call the podcast that never was. <laughs> and uh, so what we're doing is we're updating segments. So some of it will be goodies from last week, and some of it will be goodies from this week. And who knows what, how it's going to end up. Kind of a grab bag. <laughs> um, so I don't Which know. never worked out well, by the way. The grab bag. Has anyone ever has anyone ever been at the dollar store and actually enticed to buy the grab bag? Yes. Thinking, surely there's more things in this bag of the than a value of a dollar. Yeah, what if I get the one that has a gold ingots in it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I could just buy this uh, you know, bag of candy that I came in here for, or I could find out what's in the grab bag. It probably <laughs> will be just be an army man and a rubber ball. But who knows? <laughs> But I hear that one out of 10,000 has a Ming vase. <laughs> did you guys know I used to work at the Dollar Tree? Did you assemble grab bags? I didn't. I wish I had. I did. I worked for like three months after high school. Three months. And then I I, I called and said, I'm never coming back because it was horrible. In Dollar Tree years, three months is like a, 20 years. 
If if I worked at the Dollar Tree, I or the Dollar Store or whatever, and you know I, they'd put together the grab bags, I would be tempted so often to just grab random things from my house and put them in there. <laughs> and one would just be like a, a bag of like grass clippings, you know, a picture of you. And when I saw a kid buy it, I would follow him out like really covert and watch him open it. <laughs> Like, uh, he just got the grass clippings in my retainer. <laughs> <laughs> my my grandmother calls it the tree store. Does she really? Yeah, the Dollar Tree. <laughs> she calls it the tree store. And I never know what she's talking about <laughs> when she went to the tree store and got some candy. You know, Why is it that grandmother's calling things the wrong thing? It is so infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to get on the Google. <laughs> Makes me want to go Christian Bale on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you stole it. That's Jesse's. That's Jesse's. I know. I was doing it all, all the entire time leading up to us recording, and I just took it. That's all right. It, that is a phenomenal clip. I don't know if you guys have had the the pleasure. I, I can't say I endorse it because he he strings together profanities like no. <laughs> and he's a Christian. Like, yeah, but a little context in case people haven't heard it, although it is the tirade that's sweeping America right now. <laughs> Almost as basically, good as the Alec Baldwin tirade. It's the it's 2009 to Alec Baldwin tirade. Yeah, basically Christian Bale's on the set of Terminator Salvation, and the clip starts with him threatening physical violence against the director of photography. Wow. I guess the guy walked through the scene a couple times to make sure the lights was right and broke his conversation. <laughs> and Christian Bale goes bananas. And he is so good at crafting threats of violence and saying how unprofessional the guy is that it almost sounds scripted to me. But- There's one point where the where the where one of the guys is like, Listen, Christian, just take a minute, just take a walk. And he's like, Me take a walk? That's what he was doing. He was taking a walk through my scene. <laughs> like, it, was too it was too good. It's too perfect. And yeah. then at one point at one point Christian Bale's like, you know, you're really a nice guy, but I'm gonna bleep and kill you. Like <laughs> it is just an epic meltdown and yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to make it my ringtone. <laughs> when that uh, when that Alec Baldwin thing came out, I called a friend and left that message in its entirety on his voicemail. He hadn't heard it at all, so he was actually quite alarmed. And frankly, the friendship took some time to patch off. But. Yeah, it is alarming, really. Okay, speaking of movies, uh, that's a good uh, segue into the movie releases. The segue is, speaking of movies... <laughs> Uh, we have movies coming out Friday the 13th. Yep. This, this time it actually works, Cameron. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just a letdown when it's actually Friday the yeah. 13th. I oh, don't well. know. I like Tuesday the 13th better. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Uh, starring uh, Fred Armisen and Joan Cusack and other people. Uh, the International starring Clive Owen, Naomi Watts, and Adam Smith. Doesn't look too bad. And, oh, look at that. Friday the 13th. Oh, Friday really? Friday the 13th. Uh, starring good-looking non-actors who get slashed, <laughs> according to Chad. And, and, a, and a big, ugly dude in a hockey mask. <laughs> Prior to that, on the uh, Tuesday, February 10th, we've got Lily Allen with It's Not Me, It's You. India Ari with Testimony, Volume 2, Love and Politics. Uh, she wrote it about Virginia. <laughs> ben Lee, The Rebirth of Venus. I assume he's talking about Williams. 
<laughs> and well, she uh, she got saved. Oh, that's actually quite nice. Venus Williams by Ben Lee, uh, read with the uh, with innocence and instinct. And last but not least, most deaf with the ecstatic. All right, that's the entertainment releases up next. Slices. Just say the You're listening to Meet Me in the Garden by none other than Dent May and his magnificent ukulele. New album coming out this week, apparently. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Peter, Bjorn, and John with their brand new single called Nothing to Worry About. Neither of those are playing right now over at Relevant TV. Relevant TV did not update this week because we're prepping for the new website. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Okay, now with Slices. Who wants to take the first one this week? Jesse, you up for it, or do you want to end? I'll take it. All right, I'll go. take it. Well, I know, you know, we're in tough economic times, and so people will do crazy things. Like a woman in Denmark who went to the bank, and their currency there is called the Kroner, and she brought Monopoly money. I thought it was the Kroner. The Kroner? Maybe it is. Well, I'm just going off of Seinfeld here where Putty and Elaine went to Europe and he was on the plane counting his... Well, that's 10 Kroner. That's 20 (laughs) Kroner. Hey, this Kroner, this Kroner has a hole in it. I'm sure Putty was right, so we'll go with Putty. They've actually switched it to the Kroner and now it features pictures of Frank Sinatra. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I don't want to doubt David Putty. Uh, (laughs) Well, he was confused by the one with the hole in it, so I don't know how much he knows about Kroners. Yeah. So, you know, having not been that familiar with with Kroners, I don't know how absurd this story is because the woman went to the went to the window and gave the cashier a handful of Monopoly money and in return got about $240 worth of Kroners. Did not. Yes. I don't believe it. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't know how we are exotic. Calling you a liar. <laughs> Did you make uh, that up? I, I don't even know how they got away with that. Did yeah, well, she tried fired? it a second time and and she got busted. Uh, so she's in jail now. <laughs> she's in jail. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of no, no get out of jail free card there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of uh, jail and, and and money, the the slice that you brought last week, Maya, about or two weeks ago, about the people who got the bank error and they were living off the money yeah. and they moved to Florida. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, you know, actually, I've, you know, I'm catching up on my podcast. I heard this thing. If that had happened in England, they would have been able to keep the money really yeah apparently in england if like, the bank has an error and gives you more than they should you can keep it legally the bank's bad yep so wow bank's fault. I, I would write really illegibly on everything i give to the bank <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. need to tell lloyd about that yeah no joke <laughs> yeah a little loophole a loophole yeah for dishonest people <laughs> <laughs> like me <laughs> Mine, why don't you go? Mine actually has to do with honest, uh, trying to keep people from lying to the people that read Wikipedia. Apparently, the uh, the founder is going to try and put some parameters on people not just being able to upload to Wikipedia. Because I guess last week they somebody said that uh, Senator Ted Kennedy and Senator Robert Byrd both were dead, but it was incorrect. So... 
Well, did no anybody fun. see the episode of Thirty Rock this last week? Where that was the whole that was a whole plot You're point. You're right. Where uh, Jenna got a uh, a gig uh, to be Janis Joplin, so she says, "I'm going to do method acting." Yeah, you all have to address me as Janice from now on. And so they say, "Well, you know, to really find out the nuances of her." of her life, you should check Wikipedia. It's updated ver- pretty much every day because people are always discovering new things about Janis Joplin. <laughs> so the guys are planting stuff in the Janis Joplin <laughs> Wikipedia entry and she does them all, of course. Yes, you know, yeah. That's the big humor thing. But you know, I'm wondering if that accelerated it in some way because people said, hey, I could do that. I'm going to go do that. Well, I, I'm not really sure why he's taking that action because I was pretty sure that was the whole fun of Wikipedia. Right? Am I right? I mean, if I just want facts, I can go to an encyclopedia, the old-fashioned one. <laughs> if I want to mess with people, I use Wikipedia. Well, isn't, I mean, wasn't Wikipedia kind of a grand social experiment on the freedom of, of press and, and information? And, and so basically, the experiment's over. People cannot be trusted. That's the end of, <laughs> it's the, end of the story yeah. here? Wow. No more fun. All right, your turn, Adam. All right, so here in New Zealand, uh, one of our news stations, one of our national news stations... Uh, has gained access to the files of personal files of American soldiers and uh, a bunch of military secrets because uh, Kiwi guy uh, was over in the States. He went to Oklahoma and for whatever reason and uh, happened <laughs> to stop at a thrift store and bought a Microsoft Zune, which happened to contain on it 60 files containing the names personal details, and phone numbers of American soldiers based overseas. What? Things like their social security numbers, even which ones were pregnant, and all of this on this Microsoft Zune. So uh, thus far, the military and the U.S. Embassy here uh, have refused to comment, but I just think that the thing that really disturbs me about this is that someone in our military was... uh, irresponsible enough to endanger everyone by buying a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, are now off the market. I'd say it's Microsoft's way yeah. of getting back yeah, at everybody. Yeah, that little iPod killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best part about this story is he bought it for $18 in a thrift store. Hey, still a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. It was probably that it was probably that guy with the Zoom tattoo, that really obese guy with the Zoom tattoo who just finally like there's they've stopped making Zoom. I tattooed this thing on myself. Hey, Adam, here's a quick question. He bought a device with military secrets. Did he, was he like a quirky personal yes. trainer that worked at a gym and tried to blackmail the guy? <laughs> he hasn't gotten that movie yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, next year, Adam, you'll get that joke. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to Cohen Brothers movies, we're still waiting on Barton Fink over here. <laughs> hey, you guys just hey, got Fargo. Yeah, Hudsucker Proxy is all the rage right now. (laughs) I guess with that, I'll do it for Slices. Up next, Welcome Wagon. Then the snow started falling. We were stuck out in your car. You were rubbing both my hands. Chewing on a candy bar. You said, ain't this just like the present? To be shown. You're listening to Blood Bank by none other than Boniver or Boniver or 
Bonnie Vare is the correct way to say it. I was saying it all the bad ways or wrong ways for those of you who say it that way. It's Bonnie Vare, by the way, even though it's spelled Bon Iver. Recently, Dylan spoke with Reverend Vito Ayuto. Who? He's one half of the indie sensation, The Welcome Wagon. The Welcome Wagon is actually a husband and wife duo. Uh, they are reverends. They are ministers at a Presbyterian church in Brooklyn. They played on Sufjan Stevens' recent albums, and Sufjan actually produced this debut project, and it's out on Asthmatic Kitty, his label. The album is called Welcome to the Welcome Wagon. You can check it out on MySpace at Welcome to the Welcome Wagon. And here is Dylan's interview with Reverend Vito Ayudo. will rise with healing in his wings I was um, watching the Danielson movie not too long ago and I was I, I was listening to the commentary as well did I hear you on that by any chance yeah yeah um, Sonny Aronson who's the director asked me to do the director's commentary with him and so we did that together and it was a funny experience to do to watch the movie along with him and talk about it but yeah that's that's me on there. That, that, yeah, that was kind of funny. How did that even uh, work out? How did you get hooked up with that? I don't know. Well, I think I think he wanted me to do it because I was probably in the margins somewhere of just about a lot of those scenes, or um, I got to know Dan right around the same time that Sufjan did, and then I played in some of the early incarnations of Sufjan's band, and, mm. and I was at a lot of the shows, and I was at a lot of those places, and I think... Sonny wanted somebody who sort of um, knew a lot of those folks and was familiar with them, and I ended up sort of feeling pretty useless in the execution of the director's commentary. <laughs> I think mainly because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, but it was, it was fun enough to do. Well, speaking of uh, Danielson, I, I saw them live a few weeks ago. Uh, when I was still in Chicago, and they played the song Sold to the Nice Rich Man. And and that was the first time I heard that song, actually, when they played it live, because they teach the crowd, you know, here's what you sing. You sing uh, A Wandering World, A Wonderful World, all that. And I had just figured that I was hearing a Danielson song, and and then I listened to The Welcome Wagon, Welcome to the Welcome Wagon, a couple weeks back, and I hear it again, a different incarnation of it, but the same song. And then I got quite confused. Is this a cover of no, somebody? No, make sure it's a Danielson song for okay. sure. Like it's their song, and Dan wrote it. And I basically rewrote music to it. Although maybe you should, maybe it's better to say arranged. But I've loved that song for a long time. I've heard them play it for a long time. And when I was trying to learn how to play the guitar, I was trying to learn how to play that song because I really loved it. And I completely botched it. But then the more <laughs> I botched, I thought, well. I'll just make this our own, and Dan sings it in such a prophetic sort of way, and my wife and I singing together are less prophetic and more, I'm not sure what we're at, we are, but we're not sort of like Dan, who I consider to be sort of this stomping prophet, and that's how he does that song, and so we yeah. do ours a little bit differently, and he's kind of thought to spiral the song, and 
I still like their version better, but it's fun to do that song, and I like how ours came out, too. Rich man came to our town and wandered around, wandered around. Rich man came to change our minds and change our plans. Take our things, take our nights, tonight's we fight. I was really reminded of, well, in that song I was reminded of Danielson, obviously, but I was also reminded of Sufjan Stevens. Uh, Musically, it sounds a lot like some of uh, Sufjan Stevens' music, but uh, from what I can tell, uh, that's for a good reason. Sufjan has made, um, I don't know, quite a few marks on this album, correct? Oh, yeah, I mean, more than marks. I I mean, the whole reason that Monique and I make music was, was the start of it was Sufjan encouraging us and recording us and sort of prodding us and stuff and so everything that we've ever done recording wise and really otherwise as well is really indebted to Sufjan and you know and he produced the record and he played a bunch on it and he mixed it and so the record is a collaboration and yeah it sounds like him because he's on it a ton and our music is is really indebted to him and is a collaboration with him. Sufjan wrote a song about you to an extent, didn't he? Yeah, um, well, when I was ordained as a pastor in 2001, I asked him to play at the ordination service. And, I mean, I didn't, I, I, I definitely knew he was a musician then, but I met him, when I first met him, I knew him more as a writer. He was here in New York to do a degree in writing, and, and so I found out sometime after that that he had done a record when he was in college and but he wasn't really pursuing that that much but I'd heard him play a few songs and he'd had some of these songs that were sort of you know spiritually oriented and there were a lot of the songs that ended up on Seven Swans and so I said would you play and he said yeah and I didn't have any idea that he would write a song that would be specific to the ordination service but he did and then that song ended up being on Michigan and He'd just been generous to us in so many different ways, and that was one of the ways. You know, it was sort of an indescribable thing to have somebody write this thing and play it in the context of this ordination service. It was really, it was really great. Yeah, Vito's ordination song is probably one of my favorite tracks on that album. Yeah, me too. understanding you're a pastor of a church in Brooklyn. Um, That's correct. Which is, I think, one of the more interesting parts of of the welcome wagon. And when people listen to this record, uh, I think they should know that they're listening to a pastor and his wife sing these songs. Yeah. Well, it says that right. It'd be hard for them to miss. I mean, it says it all over the record on the packaging and stuff like that, so... I guess we kind of wear it on our sleeve in a way, which is fun. I 
I guess I would sort of expect something <laughs> like what I see on that cover. Something yeah. that yeah. Uh, is, on one hand, very clear as, look at this, this is a, a religious-looking album. And then you listen to it, and it very much is. But there's another side of it, I would hope, that uh, is not just mindless copy of some some old hymns. There's there's a lot of creativity going on in this album, and I think that comes into it when you know you factor in, you know, the association on Asthmatic Kitty. You're from Brooklyn. Yeah. You have all these influences hitting you at the same time, which is really unique, and I really uh, really love that that it can be very sincere in both worlds. I, I hope so. That's what we're, that's what we're after. I mean. You don't have to be a Christian to listen to this. I can understand if somebody would not want to because it's so explicitly Christian in its content, um, but it's not meant to exclude, and it's not aimed at, you know, the Christian world or at churches alone. We hope that people, if they want to use these songs in church, then they'll use them. If not, not. But also, one of my best friends here in, in Brooklyn is Jewish, and, you know, as far as I know, he's basically agnostic, and he loves the record, and... You know, I'm glad that he does, and, and we're able to talk about it. He really likes blues and gospel songs. His name is Andy Friedman. He's a great he's a great musician, and, and we've played a lot together, and we've talked a lot together about music and faith and, and how it all figures together. So I think there's a place for people to love it or participate in it without that. And so, you know, I, I hope that it's available to people on a number of levels. I've talked about the associations. We've talked about Danielson and Sufjan, Asthmatic Kitty. I feel like this is, it has to play a part in in what this album is and what the Welcome Wagon is, and maybe even to an extent who, who you are. And so I thought to myself, so is this Vito fella, is he some sort of a hipster pastor? And yeah. talking to you now, I can't tell. <laughs> but it's just an interesting little thought I... I wanted to to break out, not to be yeah. uh, smarmy at all or anything, but no, it's fine. Okay, I I don't know where I read this, but like the chief marker to know whether someone is a hipster or not, they deny that they are, <laughs> and so I guess I'm denying that I am, which means that I probably am or something like that. I don't know. It's such a I don't know what a, I, I'm not trying to be obtuse, but I don't really know what a, a hipster is. I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of different definitions, and I probably don't fit some of them, and I probably fit others of them, and I'm not oblivious to the fact that we have a church in Brooklyn, and that there's a lot of young people, and that they're involved with the arts, and they have a certain aesthetic, you know, uh, inclination, and so I'd be, I'd be lying or naive to say that I'm not aware of those things, and so, I don't know, we, we are not trying to have a hipster church, we have a lot of young people, but, you know, not everybody fits that mold, we have teachers, and, and accountants, and computer instructors and stuff and then we have other people who are artisans and musicians who look like what I guess everybody would think of as a hipster one of my good friends here um, who's a pastor also of a church in Park Slope always calls me a hipster and I think I've just yelled and screamed about that over the last couple of years and I think at this point I'm trying not to care that he says that I think he says it more to get under my skin and so I think it's probably more indicative of my weaknesses if I'm bothered by that than it is would be of anybody else's. Not a word, not a word, not a 
the village makes the villain. I write raps while I watch myself on the ceiling. Four, three, two, one, it's the countdown. I roll like a laser beam through the downtown. It's mind over matter, maintain the glow. Peace, the metric, LJ. Listening to Chaos, the song is 4321, not to be confused with Fife's 1234. She's going one way, he's going the other. This is his new single. I'm very excited. Chaos is one of my favorite rappers, so looking forward to his upcoming album. Before we move into the next segment, I want to tell you a quick sponsorship note. This episode of The Relevant Podcast is actually brought to you by The Real Dreams Film Competition, sponsored by Regent University's School of Communication and the Arts. You can find out more about the competition at www.realdreamsfilmfest.com. And because it's about film, it's spelled R-E-E-L, dreamsfilmfest.com. Very cool uh, film competition that you should check out. Well, getting a lot of Oscar and Golden Globe buzz is Mickey Rourke's epic film, The Wrestler. Our very own Chad Pendleton recently viewed the film had some very interesting observations, and brings us this review of Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler. With the recent announcement of this year's Academy Award nominations, it should be of no surprise that the only nods Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler received were for the performances of its two lead actors, Mickey Rourke and Marissa Tomei. Aronofsky has made a film that is a bit more accessible than his look at the consequences of drug addiction in 2000's Requiem for a Dream, and definitely more comprehensible than 2006 The Fountain. Aronofsky is an auteur of gritty and realistic filmmaking and storytelling. He keeps that tone with The Wrestler, and never leaving Rourke's Randy the Ram Robinson and everything he is going through the entire film. While he tries a little too hard at times to make sure that the audience knows how far the main character has fallen in life, he never resorts to Hollywood tricks of unrealistic drama or over-the-top gags. The script was actually written by a former editor of The Onion, Robert Siegel. And while the story is not bad in any way, the narrative follows a path that has been done many times before. It's an aging man who is alone, tries desperately to once again grasp the fame and glory he basked in many years earlier. The only difference with The Wrestler, however, is that it ends up at a place that those other films rarely dare to go to. While the direction and the script of the film are fine, they are easily overshadowed by Mickey Rourke's heartbreaking performance. The man was once considered the next great actor of his generation by stealing every scene in every movie he was in. But it was the quick ascent of fame and a series of bad choices of roles in movies that caused Mickey to fall hard into a life of drugs and despair. These dark times not only took a toll on him emotionally, but in combination with a short boxing career, he was also left with the scars on him physically. While the other favorite for an acting Oscar this year, Heath Ledger, was able to totally escape into the persona of a psychopathic heartless villain as the Joker in The Dark Knight, 
Rourke took the opposite approach to his role and puts his true life, pain, and experiences on display for everyone to see. I just want to tell you, I'm the one who is supposed to take care of everything. I'm the one who is supposed to make everything okay for everybody. But it just didn't work out like that. And I left. I left you. You never did anything wrong. You know? And now... I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat. And I'm alone. And I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. Mickey carries the wrestler and makes up for whatever little flaws there may be along the way. Marissa Tomei feeds off his performance and gives her own very strong acting display as the exact mirror image of Randy the Ram. The wrestler is a vehicle. It's the perfect avenue for Mickey Rourke to give the performance he has been preparing for for over 20 years. Two words. Three. Match. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. 80s man, best ever. Guns N' Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90s sucked. 90s away. The wrestler is not for the faint of heart, but it is a drama that is tough and depressing, but ultimately rewarding in the end. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. This life, you lose everything you love, everything that loves you. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. Once again, that's The Wrestler starring Golden Globe winner and Oscar nominee Mickey Rourke, who is appearing on the next cover of Relevant Magazine, available nationwide, just like the movie is. Check it out. You're listening to Franz Ferdinand's new single called Ulysses. We are just bringing the new singles. That's crazy. Peter Bjorn and John, brand new single. Blood Banks by Bonnie Bear, brand new single. Chaos is 4321, brand new single. Franz Ferdinand, Ulysses, brand new single, folks. The hot new music here on the Relevant Podcast. All right, it's time for your feedback. Two weeks ago in the Wayback Machine, we told you about the exploits of the ill-fated monkey island here in central florida where the monkeys <laughs> escaped over the little moat and fence uh, and we, quite easily yeah, they wandered over one night and we asked you if you had to confine 15 monkeys and we're not going to chain them i mean so they would have a good life uh how would you suggest better confining 15 monkeys than creating a monkey island and a lot of you wrote in. We asked you about theology or politics. <laughs> we get one. We asked you about Monkey Island. The inbox is stuffed full. So this tells you something about our listeners. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Thomas Burris wrote in to feedback. He says, this is a matter of getting rid of all the toxic bananas 
assets in the zoo that are causing the zoos to lose credibility among monkeys. Finding a way to get the president to create a banana stimulus package should begin the process of getting the monkeys to trust the zoo again. In the meantime, (laughs) we can only encourage monkeys that the zoos are a safe place to live and they won't be affected by the toxic bananas. Or you can employ a large group of dwarves to guard the monkeys while wearing bright blue track pants. That would surely make news and complete Adam's trifecta of Google alerts. <laughs> if anyone, oh, okay, I see where he's going. Pants, dwarfs, and monkeys. Uh, yeah. If anyone comes up with a better plan, I'll be listening. Uh, that's J. J. Thomas Burris. J. Thomas Burris. Didn't he assassinate Alexander <laughs> Hamilton? <laughs> oh, I like it. For a while in that, I was pretty sure he just did a find and replace on like a Bloomberg story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he did. I was sitting here thinking, is toxic, toxic bananas, is this a story that I have actually missed at some point? Toxic assets, I would assume he was referring yeah. right, to with right. the banks, yeah. I think okay. he did do a, a, a Bloomberg <laughs> Mad Lib coming soon to a store near you. The most boring Mad Lib ever, Bloomberg. <laughs> Bloomberg takes the fun out of everything. Yeah, it's like an online list is always fun. It's like the funny, it's like the the craziest sitcoms of the 80s or, you know, the greatest child stars ever, you know, these fun online lists. And then you go to Bloomberg and it's like, you know, the best gold stocks, you know, like, thanks for ruining the online list, Bloomberg. Five hedge funds for conservative slow growth. <laughs> yeah. Boring. Oh, man. Brian Dedman wrote in. He says, monkey containment and so much more. Number one, to round up all the monkeys, simply ask Vin Diesel to talk to them. After all, he is their king. Oh, <laughs> oh. snap. Oh. Oh. Whoa. Uh, man. Uh, man. That is cold. Well, actually, that's, that's it. That's our entire. Pl- that's uh, that's really? his entire plan. Uh, that's <laughs> Brian uh, Deadman. That that just sounds vaguely racist. <laughs> but we don't know what race he is. So how can he be racist? Well, evidently he all. is somewhat African American. He's the diesel race. <laughs> can I tell? Can I tell a real quick story about psychological monkey containment? Yes. <laughs> I would expect nothing less, Jesse. Well, I was watching a, a show one night, and I can't remember what network it was on. It was like Discovery or National Geographic or some or PBS or something. And it was like an hour-long show about this family that raised a monkey as a son, okay? <laughs> like, through at birthday parties. Like, they had pictures like you would. Like, take any picture of a kid growing up and replace it with a monkey instead of, a, like, a real boy. Kind of like a Bloomberg Mad Lib. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should replace the boy. That one... According to that one racist guy, Vin Diesel's family album. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, at some point, you know, this was like an ape, so it outgrew the house, you know? Wait, King Kong? <laughs> yeah. I've heard End this. of the story. It was King Kong. <laughs> Turned out this wasn't a documentary after all. This was a movie. So anyway, they raised this monkey. And the thing the weird thing is I think they had actual human children too. Okay. Like it wasn't like they just wanted a monkey son. You know what I mean? <laughs> to for their just to have like a child. They they raised it as one of their regular children until it got unsafely large for the house and the well being of the family. So they donated it to like a monkey sanctuary where all like mo- you know monkeys live in cages. Mm-hmm. And on the birthday, the monkey human father wanted to go visit the monkey, and he somehow talked the sanctuary owners into letting him into the monkey cage with a birthday cake. And 
I'll just let your imagination go on how the story ended. Did he not? It live? didn't yeah. go well. He I, lived. I, I, he, he lived. But he learned a valuable lesson about monkeys. Yeah, they will the turn guy was actually a uh, he was actually a race car driver. I've heard this story, and like the monkey, like tore off one of his ears and bit off some fingers and stuff, and like really? tore off his nose. Like it was horrifying. And then, like the the follow up is that years later, this monkey escaped. And I saw this guy on the news, no nose, no ears, like talking about like we miss like him desperately, and we're worried for him. It's like, well, it looks like he can handle himself. <laughs> I'd be worried for myself that he would be after me. Exactly. <laughs> Coming to finish the job. So the the moral of this story is, you know, a lot of users are taking this monkey containment thing as a joke. This is deadly serious, people. <laughs> you monkey. might think we're joking, but we're actually going to employ these ideas. That the monkey has uh, a necklace with the guy's nose on it. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. I got your nose. Yeah, yeah, that's what the monkey did. He's like, hey, Dad, not too funny now. Got your nose for real. Actually, I'm a huge monkey that belongs in the jungle, not a house. So, so continue with the emails, please, now that we've got that. I feel like I need to get that off my chest for ever since I've seen that special. <laughs> because what if one of, what if in the homes of one of our listeners there there's a family raising a monkey child? They need to hear this. Do you hear us, Diesels? <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, I hope I hope right now that you are are th- rethinking your whole monkey parentship right now. Put him on a boat, bid him farewell. Just start well, the little outboard motor and just send it. He'll probably find an island. <laughs> At the very least, if you're going to start raising a monkey, finish raising the monkey because that's really what this shows is. You know, the monkey had some abandonment issues. Right. Obviously. Don't send your kids off to boarding school or anything either. It might happen. Well, that's why yeah. he ripped his ear and nose off. He wanted to keep a piece of daddy with him at all times. At all times. <laughs> wow. That is, that is so incredibly disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care what piece. Just you, this part of you will never leave me again. I wonder if they ever visited oh, him again. This, I am going to have nightmares. Yeah. Oh, maybe Lock that will uh, instill the seriousness of this monkey issue. <laughs> Nikki Cox wrote in. Hey, Nikki. She's from Springfield, Missouri. She says, uh, first of all, I spent this entire week trying to catch up on three years of podcasts, and this is the first time I haven't felt like I had a good response. The one time I could actually send it in and not be late. Thanks. Wow. Well, actually, we're late. So she's so on time. You're on time. Can um, we go ahead and just start that just because she's late? Just keep it. <laughs> You're well, still behind. Partial, partial credit. All right. Yeah. Step one, install 20-foot high two-way mirrors, transparent for human viewers, mirrors to contribute to primate ego boosting, okay. thus encouraging them to stay put out of good self-esteem. All Isn't of, this code just called a zoo? All of them <laughs> enclosure, Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. This strategy works at like the the reptile exhibit. Why don't we Why don't we use it with the monkey one? We may have to apply Vaseline, just like we do to keep squirrels off of bird feeders. If the rest of the techniques fail, step two: a tempting banana mush fountain that renews itself constantly, like Willy Wonka's chocolate fall mm-hmm. in the middle of the island. Oh, so she's still building this around a monkey island. Okay. She's just adding some better barriers to the island. Uh, we may consider installing monkey statues that hold real bananas and other goodies that replace themselves whenever a monkey claims them well i want that uh step three and this is the final step for the hopeless discontented apes let's create a thorny roof 
maybe out of rose bushes. This will serve the multifaceted purpose of thwarting James Bond-esque escape attempts, and thanks to furry, the furry critter's predilection for fl- uh, flinging feces, the roses will be self-fertilized and help to mask the odor of poo confetti. Whatever we do, we must keep technology far, far away, even little nuts and bolts, just in case the group contains a monkey geek in the style of weird science. I kind of like hers. That's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's plausible, is it what is. that is. I can see that it actually is. happening. Yeah. So Liam Hughes wrote in, uh, Liam Hughes from Bathurst, New South Wales, Australia. It says, my proposed monkey enclosure, trademark, would be a large, <laughs> steep plastic bowl. And he sent a picture that he drew on lined school paper. Um, <laughs> there would be two sections, the higher section being steeper than the first, almost vertical. The steep plastic walls would make it very difficult for the monkeys to climb out. If it were raining or was particularly cold, a large monkey enclosure lid, trademark, could be placed on top. There's your roof again. Uh, research indicates that drilling holes in this lid may benefit the monkey's health. To get the monkeys out, a, run, a monkey removal tool, trademark, would be used to latch uh, onto one of the monkeys. This monkey would, in turn, link arms with one of its simian brothers. This would continue until a chain of monkeys could be lifted out of the enclosure <laughs> for a day of entertainment for the crowding masses. As an added psychological element, the aforementioned monkey removal tool, trademark, would actually be a taxidermied monkey who had previously tried to escape. <laughs> Please find my schematic attached and he really did. Um, it's a big red barrel, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this does kind of sound like the the large scale equivalent of putting a frog in a mayonnaise jar with a few holes po- poked in the top. Well, whatever we decide to do, Eric Nelson writes in just a word of advice. He says, no matter what system you create, do not, I repeat, do not use any technology. Sure, the technology-based ideas submitted by my fellow podcast listeners may may initially contain them. But as we all know, monkeys are curious creatures and prolonged exposure to microprocessors and motors, even archaic technologies like vacuum tubes and lava lamps, just hastens us toward the monkey-robot alliance that will spell humanity's certain and probable (laughs) inevitable doom. So, word to the wise by Eric Nelson. Yeah, Eric see, Nelson is guy, an after this my guy own heart. What it's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that'll do it for your uh, feedback. Do we have, who's the winner? Nikki's was I, good, I, but the one right after her was, I think, the best. Which uh, was I like the barrel with, of monkeys one. With, with the, the schematic? Yeah, the drawing. Yeah. That's the Australians yeah. for you. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, all right, that's your feedback. So for this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Earlier we were talking about Wikipedia and the um, spread of truth that they are afraid of happening and that they are taking the power away from the people to disseminate true information about conspiracies. We wanted to know, well, what we were thinking is this. I don't think Jesse Carey has a Wikipedia page. So Probably before not. they lock things down, we thought it would be a good you know, public service to create one for him. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we, the story said we have two weeks before they make a final decision. Okay. So we want your help writing Jesse Carey's Wikipedia page. <laughs> we want you to write in true facts about Jesse's life that need to make it onto his Wikipedia page. <laughs> and uh, we will kind of take the better ones and put them together and make his biography for all the world to see and uh, before they shut it down. I participate in this too, Cameron. Of course. <laughs> yes. I, you're going to edit it all. 
Yeah, I like your crack. You're his biographer now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to edit it. People don't edit Wikipedia entries. Oh, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, you know, maybe tackle the early part of his life. Somebody get the high school years. Somebody talk about, you know, all the different areas of his life. And we'll put all of them together in a linear fashion and uh, post it for all the world to see on Wikipedia. So write into feedback at relevantmagazine.com with your chunk of Jesse Carey's Wikipedia biography. Right? Sounds good. Uh, before we end it, I want to give you a quick update of some exciting news in our digital world. If you download this podcast when we put it up on the weekend, you may notice that relevantmagazine.com is down. That's because on Monday afternoon, it will be relaunched as a brand new relevantmagazine.com. Now, why are we relaunching it? Well, number one, we've needed to redesign for quite a long time. So for the last few months, we've been working on a completely new backend, which doesn't really help you guys at all, except for the fact that it allows us to do a lot more multimedia, have a lot more versatility with um, how we can engage content, uh, deliver content with image galleries, comments, sharing, all this stuff. But the big thing for our community is that we have a massive community section now. Uh, you can post your own profile. Members can post blogs, image galleries. You can connect with other members in your area or have similar interests. Uh, you have you know, your inbox. You have a wall. It's actually like a little Facebook inside of relevantmagazine.com. Like we need another Facebook. But this is a place where you can connect with people like you. Artists, you can create you know, creative groups and share your artwork or photography. Um, people who are passionate about social justice, connect about causes you're interested in, talk about ways to get involved. There's a lot that you can do. Uh, also, you can comment on slices now. You can subscribe to RSS feeds of all the stuff that we create. Um, we have new columnists and columns that we're delivering. Now, this thing is a beta launch. What does that mean? It's not done. That's what it means. We want to get it up, get you guys in there, uh, get involved with the site, check it out, kick the tires, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see different. Over the next month, though, we're still working on it. We will be rolling out a completely new relevant TV section, which will be much more uh, on-demand, user-driven. You can comment and share the videos. Very cool uh, new thing we're doing with that. That's not up yet. Uh, we're launching a new site within a site called Project Apathy. That's not up yet. Um, we'll be adding that. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that we're still doing on the site. So we want to get you involved. Check it out. Tell us what you think and be part of what it becomes. We will kind of take off the beta designation and, and have the official launch on March 1st. But um, we wanted to do the beta launch on Monday. So check that out. We'd love for you to let us know what you think. Also, let's see. Speaking of digital stuff, we have a actual relevant podcast fan page on Facebook now. You should go check that out if you listen, which if you hear this, you should go check it out. Also, we if you want to connect daily or more frequently, uh, Chad is running the relevant Twitter. And uh, people think it's me, and it's not me because... I'll see relevant Twitter something and I'll Twitter back. I'll reply to it because I'm on Twitter too. And people who follow both of us are, are calling me out. Like I'm talking to myself and it's not, I'm not, it's Chad doing stuff as relevant. And then I'm replying to it. So, uh, if you want to find us on Twitter and those of you who don't know what Twitter is, uh, Twitter, you need to get on the, 
get with it. But uh, Twitter is basically a micro blogging site uh, where you can connect with, um, you can follow people's micro blogs, and each post is fewer than 140 characters. So it's kind of a lot of people will Twitter from their phones, and they uh, you know just kind of take pictures or you know upload things, and this is what I'm doing now, and it's kind of fun to connect and. I, I follow like Jimmy Fallon and Quest from the Quest Love from the Roots and Tina Fey and it's really them and it's you know you can reply to them and sometimes they'll reply back. Uh, it's interesting. So I'm on Twitter at Cameron Strang, twittercom slash Cameron Strang, but relevance on Twitter at slash relevant mag. Chad's a little competitive and he's trying to get more people on the relevant Twitter. Uh, following the relevant Twitter than the Cameron Strang Twitter, but I've got a lead. On, on the relevant Twitter. I have a lead of 800. Oh, wow. I will give everybody who subscribes to my Twitter a dollar if you subscribe to mine and keep me in the lead. Oh, that's funny. All right, so that's your digital update. Go check out the new relevantmagazine.com this week coming up and uh, let us know what you think. Oh, you know, also, there will be... Um, a co- I mentioned in some beta that some of the stuff coming up. I'll give you... a uh, some other things. There will be a massive podcast section. It is not the case right now, uh, but we will have an entire area for podcast feedback and some of the stuff you guys send in, all the live performances, archives, all that kind of stuff. So that'll that's coming. Every issue of the magazine will be digitally on the website. You can flip through it, search the archives. That's coming. There's a lot of stuff coming, but the big thing now is the redesign, number one, and the community section number two. Let's get that stuff rolling, and then kind of each week we'll debut uh, some some new stuff. Next up is probably the new Relevant TV. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we'll wrap up the podcast. Many thanks to Reverend Vito Ayuto for taking time to talk to us. The Welcome Wagon's debut album is out now on Asthmatic Kitty. You can check him out at MySpace under Welcome to the Welcome Wagon, and that is also the name of the album, Welcome to the Welcome Wagon. Getting a lot of buzz right now. The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke is in theaters. If you feel so inclined after hearing our review, go check it out. See what all the buzz is about. Thanks to uh, Jesse and Adam for sitting in. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. It is just an epic meltdown, and yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to make it my ringtone.